Hi, everyone. You are in for an absolute treat today. We have two incredible women on the podcast, Penny Finer and Jerry Topfer. They are the co-founders of Be Still. And Be Still is a company that creates customized meditations to improve the mental health in the workforce. Such amazing work. I actually have the opportunity to teach for them with Be Still, and I'm so beyond grateful to know these ladies personally, to be able to work with them and learn from them and really learn from the way that they lead. Not only are Penny and Jerry the coolest, most down-to-earth ladies that I know, but they also run a non-for-profit called Kula for Karma. Kula for Karma provides mindfulness-based mental health care to people who cannot easily afford it, who cannot easily access it. So the work that they do, which scales from the corporate sphere to the non-for-profit work that they do, is really, really meaningful really special and I know that these two lead and serve from a very aligned and authentic place. So needless to say, I'm so pleased to have you both on the podcast. A very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Lil. Thank you. So I have yet to interview two people at once, but we're just going to go for it. I want to dive into the wonderful work that you do and just honestly have an open conversation around these tools and practices that we get to share with the world, how mindfulness and meditation have helped you. And I haven't really asked you this, but I'm so curious how you two found this work and how you two found each other because your match, the way you work together is so, so inspiring. And yeah, I'm excited to learn more. Well, I do want to just take a, a step back before we dive in. And I want to thank you, Lily, because this is really the epitome of, um, you know, human connection and authentic human connection, because we met Lily in the pandemic and we met Lily on Zoom. And, you know, that was a time where we really, you know, everybody, as we all know, but everything was locked down. And we just had this like heart to heart connection and, you know, and really went deeper in really going through what you were going through at the time, what we were going through at the time. And we really, you know, allowed ourselves to be our most vulnerable selves with each other which evolved into a, a really, and again, it's, it's ageless, ageless, because we're both two different, you know, generations, and we have such a, an impactful um, friendship um, that is going to be a lifelong relationship and friendship that is so precious. So thank you so much for inviting us. And, um, and I can say just from my perspective in, in, you know, I feel like my social anxiety was more progressive than any of my other, um, you know, uh, addictions, 
Um, and we'll talk more about that later. But my social anxiety was was really um, I struggled with. And I remember a teacher um, in an acting class saying to me to um, try on yoga. You know, I think that would help. And that was like when I was in my 30s and never really was exposed to yoga, took a class. You know, I felt like I landed and met my people. And that was the first opportunity that I uh, was in an environment where I was uh, moving my body in a mindful way. I was um, taught how to breathe, taught how to meditate. And, uh, and that became my the, the tool that allowed me to navigate so the social anxiety. And so um, I let Penny really talk about how she came to the practice of mindfulness, and then we'll dive, I guess, into how um, Kula was was launched. I appreciate you, Jerry. And before we go to Penny, I'm curious. Social anxiety can come in, you know, many forms and have many reasons. And I'm curious what it looked like in your case and what it felt like for you at that age? Um, it Well, first, you know, it's, it's, it's all because of all the painstaking work I've done over a lifetime, realized that it really was childhood trauma. And that kind of in, informed my life as I went out into the world. Um, you know, a, a product of divorce and a divorce and abandonment. And, um, and so I, it, you know, my, my social anxiety is, is like a visceral experience, you know, I feel it in my body, you know, and what I have done over a lifetime is not show up, um, you know, and, and in a way that where like my insides like match my outsides, you know, that there was this like real, you know, so I show up a certain way with a lot of light and a lot of energy, but on the inside, you know, I was struggling. I, I really, so it was going against the grain so many times without a lot of tools, you know, to really, you know, I would cancel, I would fib why I couldn't show up. And then that, you know, and then the guilt and the shame over, over, you know, that stays with you and not having tools to, to, to recognize that, to sit with that, to move through that. You know, um, I, 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 um, I, I guess it was always overcompensating because I, I kept putting myself in those situations where I would have to show up or get up and speak to hundreds of people at a time. But it was uh, it was like constant that fight or flight, you know, it was like, you know, so much work. And now I'm on the other side where I could feel for that version of myself, the pressure I would put on myself, needing to think I needed to show up a certain way, you know, and because of how I felt about myself, not being good enough, smart enough, are you going to like me? You know, the pressure I'd put on myself. And and now I I recognize, I I, I check in with my intention of why I'm showing up. And I... um. I do my best to stay in humility and um, and not put that kind of pressure on myself anymore. I um, yeah, 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 not be in such a consistent fear state, which is really, really quite common 
So thank you for opening up about that. And Penny, I'm curious how you came to this practice, to the practice of mindfulness, meditation, yoga. When in your journey did you discover that? Uh, well, I will be celebrating uh, 40 years clean and sober this coming December. So I came to the practice, I think, through the door of um, substance use. Um, and while I got sober and I was uh, participating in a 12-step um, program initially and also part of an outpatient program in Manhattan, I didn't really have any of the tools, as Jerry mentioned, to address the chaos that was going on in between my ears. My dad used to say, you know, what's what's going on between your ears? Um, and little by little, I, I felt like I was holding on for dear life to sobriety while not being able to um, navigate some of the things that brought me to using self-medicating with drugs, basically. Um, and not, not, not really getting clear and not exploring and just kind of holding on. Um, I, I did lots of things that were suggested in the rooms, you know, people, places, and things, and could, um, embrace the serenity prayer and all sorts of tools that were part of the 12 step program. And still the chaos in between my ears was, uh, screaming at me. So someone recommended a yoga class. I went to, um, a yoga class. And uh, in those days, yoga was a, a 90 minute practice, <laughs> not, not anymore. Um, and for about 88 of the 90 minutes, the craziness inside my head was still the craziness inside my head. And then there were a couple of moments where I really felt a sense of relief and, um, and the, the monkey mind that is uh, and has been so, so much a part of my experience, um, kind of settled and quieted down a little bit. This idea of linking breath to movement and, um, and being so super focused on, um, trying to get the asana right. And for me, you know, I, I, my nickname as a kid was Penny Perfect, which was part of what led to, you know, needing to self-medicate to deal with the anxiety that came with, never ever being perfect um, and the desire to be that. Um, and so practicing something as simple as tree pose, um, you know, was an opportunity for me to just focus on standing on one foot, you know, and breathe and not, not think about, you know, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Where am I going? What have I, what do I need to do? None of that. It just somehow there was, there were moments of quiet that really felt nurturing. Um, and I came back to the studio and went back and went back and went back and little by little, you know, those two minutes turned into five minutes, turned into 10 minutes. And I, I'm thrilled to say that by the time I, I really was able to embrace the practice. I could pull into the parking lot and already feel, you know, like, oh, I had arrived. Um, and so um, I really came through the door of the physical practice. Um, I had been 
pretty much an avid sports aficionado playing tennis and running and biking and you know things that kept me in motion because when I was in motion I didn't have to listen to the thoughts as much um and 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 longing for um a way to develop a meditation practice and I that was eluding me for a lot a lot of a lot a lot of years uh, many years and then I finally was talking to a friend who was experiencing the same kind of difficulty. Um, and we made a commitment to try holding each other accountable and being meditation buddies. So we said we would do it and check in with each other for 40 days straight. Um, we did. And at the end of the 40 days, Ben said, now what? And I said, another 40 days. <laughs> and that was about seven years ago, I think. Um, and so the the practice of sitting in silence came to me way way after you know this this um the benefits and the and the joy and the juiciness of an asana practice when i first started to try to meditate i could only meditate walking um or standing up i would go in circles around my dining room table um and then at the end of what i thought was the time that I was allocating to the meditation practice, sit down for a minute or two. Um, and I will say, um, as Jerry mentioned, I, I, for me, the mindfulness, the asana, the um, I developed a chanting practice. It, it has all come together in such a rich healing way um, and saves me over and over and over again. Thank you for sharing. And I love that. I love that you started 40 days with an accountability partner and you kept going and both of you really live this stuff and you teach it and you share it, you live it and you're human along the way, honoring where you're at. And I really, I really see that and I really appreciate that. And something I'm personally learning and navigating is that I can be really, really in my head sometimes and really hard on myself and similar kind of perfectionist qualities can show up. And I find that when I snap out of that and I align with something greater and I'm talking about like, for instance, service work, when I get out of my own head and I'm really there to help other people, to serve other people, whatever that might look like. It's a whole different type of energy and it's such a lovelier way to be and it's such a lovelier way to live. And I know that you both have formed your careers around that type of work. So I'm curious if you can speak to being in that purpose-driven work, that service-driven work, how it's helped you and is it something that's like self-care mm -hmm. for you? It is, um, you know, first of all, um, you know, service is is just everything. And, you know, we both have kids, you know, your age, and I can speak for my kids that, you know, they're out doing their careers and they, you know, have been taught over a lifetime to blend their careers with service. And, you know, what an opportunity. I feel like we were chosen to do to do this work and that we get to do it. And that is, you know, when I, um, you know, had a teacher 
that went to my yoga teacher went abroad to to work with children that you know in this smile train to offer them they are having cleft plat palate surgery and offering them mindfulness and came back into back to new jersey and talked about it in that moment I just, it was again, one of those visceral experiences that this is what we need to be doing here in our own backyard. So, you know, about 20 years ago, I, you know, I had the opportunity to um, launch Kula for Karma, which is offering therapeutic yoga and mindfulness to populations struggling with mental health trauma and addiction. And so to be able at that time, we were, you know, offering this, these resources, you know, and to this day at no cost to the recipients. And so, you know, to be able to recognize what the practice had done and, and, and continues to do for me on a daily basis, you know, to be able to offer this and to really see how the the influence and the impact on on you know everyone from you know young juveniles and individuals you know in struggling in domestic violence survivors of domestic violence and um you know the you know first responders you know to really be able to offer this out you know and know that you're doing service because of how it's it's it worked for you it's like it doesn't get any better you know it's it's like it you know it works for you and you're offering it out and you're really in this lifetime really making a difference really creating you know changing lives and creating a legacy you know it is palpable and at some point we had something called a teen kula so all these kids in high school started to, you know, get involved and engaged and raising money and picking populations that they wanted to support. And those 17-year-olds are now 31-year-olds. And that is so it's just it's like it's like it's like the nonprofit, like it just keeps on giving. You know, it's it really um, you know, the the um it's it's an extraordinary, um, you know, uh, opportunity to be able to um, tap into something that is so purposeful. So, in immense gratitude. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And Penny, I'm curious what service means to you, how it feels to you, and how it's been such a big part of your life. It's so interesting when Jerry was talking about. Um, the beginnings of Kula, I was reminded of um, when I first met Jerry and also um, the, this group of young women that I worked with at a group home in uh, Ridgewood, it was called Woodley, and these girls were removed from their families of origin because of physical or emotional abuse. They lived together like sisters, like sisters, quote unquote, um, in a large house. Um, and they ranged in age from 12 to 17. I, I think at 18, they aged out of the system. And this was a program sponsored by Children's Aid and Family Services. And um, 
an, our initial concept of Kula was that the teachers, our teachers, and that in those days it was me and Jerry, <laughs> would, would go in and teach for like six weeks at a time and then rotate. Uh, and when I went to Woodley the first time, I was so moved by how how um, difficult it was for these young women to find stillness, to allow me into their world. There was I was met with a lot of um, curiosity and resistance, kind of both happening at the same time. And I I I noticed that um you know there was like this there was this desire but on the other hand guardedness um and i said to jerry you know i know that we talked about six weeks on six weeks off but i really feel like the same person needs to come back to these girls every week and show up um because they had they had just experienced people coming and going and coming and going and mostly going um, and so I started there and I left there four years later, um, just coming back, coming back, coming back. And in some, in some instances, I felt like a human boo-boo bunny, you know, just the fact that I was showing up on a regular basis and they could learn to trust me and, um, and trust each other. We, we, at first there was no, you know, there were no, um, partner poses there were nothing there were they wouldn't like they were just kind of like I said like trying to be like sisters but they were really at each other's throats a lot um and the practice helped them find each other find themselves and find each other in a way that was just extraordinarily beautiful and the gift of being able to give this practice to these girls I, I get goosebumps when I think about it um we, I'll tell you one quick story. This may end up in the podcast or not, um, but we at, we had a gala that year and we featured these girls and they had choreographed a yoga dance. Um, the girls ranged in not only in age, but also in size from like teeny weeny to like six foot tall, big women. Um, teenagers, but women. <laughs> um, and we uh, got to this venue. We were doing a dress rehearsal the, the uh, afternoon of, and we were doing that at my house. And the girls, lots of them said, we can't do this. We're just too nervous. We're too afraid. It's not going to work. We've never done this before. And I said, listen, whoever shows up, shows up. And that's who's meant to be there. And I'll be there. And I, and I would be so honored if you all would would come and join they all showed up we're backstage before the you know the curtain goes up and um they asked to form like a circle we all held hands um and they they were praying and they were praying that they do what they organized what they prepared what they created and not f up <laughs> and they were just so committed to doing what they agreed to do, even with the fear and the anxiety and the not knowing. And it was just an incredible experience. I remember saying to Jerry afterwards, I, I feel like if I dropped dead right in the, right the second, it'd be okay, you know, because 
because they got what they needed. And you know what? It's just every population, as Jerry said, every population that we've worked with from, you know, at-risk girls to teen boys to um, in the old days, we were working with people dealing with acute illnesses um, in, in cancer treatment and cardiac issues and every the universality of the efficacy of the practice and the gift of being able to share it was sometimes surprising and often um, nurturing. Continue, you know, it's kind of like the um, the gift that keeps on giving. You give, you, you give it away, you get, you give, you get, you give, you get. Um, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, yeah. And to me, this might be like an overused description. It might be cheesy, but these practices, right? Yoga, meditation, mindfulness, mindfulness as a whole, it always feels like every time coming home to myself. And so to be able to share that with people where, you know, home is less consistent or maybe there's a lack of stability in that sense, to give that gift of coming home to yourself again and again is huge, right? Does that make sense when I say coming home to yourself? Do you do you feel that in your own practice? Yes, for sure. And and that notion of coming home to yourself is so powerful because then wherever you are, you're home. Yeah. And I and I think, you know, with um Kula, Kula means community. Um, what what we're able to create is is Kulas within Kulas. So our work doesn't necessarily look like a traditional yoga class where everybody gets on their mat, rolls out their mat you know, and ready to practice, you know, it, it, you know, it's, I remember we were working with the, the teen boys that were, you know, like six foot five at 13 years old and like crazy energy. And they were in, you know, living in this residential facility for different reasons, you know, from everything for waiting for trial, going to prison. So you're talking hormones and then, all of, you know, life challenges and they would come into the room and it was insanity. And, you know, um, there wasn't, you know, some would not get on their mat. Some would sit, you know, there's this one boy that was sitting in the back of the room with his fro and his pick, you know, and he would like really down us, eye us down. And the energy was like, you know, very scary at times. And at the end of practice, you know, first of all, at the end of practice, we we gave these these boys, like these 15, 20 boys that are 15 and 16 and 17, 18 year old, these little beanie, beanie babies to put on their belly to teach them a breathing exercise. And in the moment of stillness, you, you see the tears flow. And they would come up and say, can they keep the beanie babies? Can we, can we have the beanie baby? They're like six foot five kids, 
you know, and this kid that was sitting at the back of the room with the pick, he got up and, you know, and, and we had to roll up our mats and put them back in a car. And he would say, well, can I help you? Can I, can I walk you to the car? And we'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. And he would look at us and he'd say, are you coming back? Well, I see you next week. And this is what we have to, this, this work, this cooler work is, you know, that was that kid's yoga. Sitting in the back of the room, taking in the energy and, and, and asking if we're coming back again next week. So it looks different, you know, and in the class of the penny, the, the cancer patients that we worked with, including my mother was part of that cancer treatment, you know, and we look back at pictures and so many people, including my mother did not survive. And in that moment, we created this palpable, loving, you know, kula for individuals. And, you know, to be able to be a part of it, and you know, because you're a teacher, to be the observer, you know, and it, it, it's, it's just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get any better than that. I know. I know. And the energy is reciprocal in those moments. It's like, I'm feeling it. I know you're feeling it. You know, I'm feeling it in the back and the forth. And we're both <laughs> fueled and we're both being filled and it's contagious. And that is so <laughs> great. When you were saying you were just breathing and let the tears come, I felt that too. Right? In practices, when you just slow down and you really tune in and you can let the emotions rise and release, I mean, it's so therapeutic. And Penny, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you told me once that you have a practice that you call time for tears. Mm -hmm. Can That's you tell right. us about that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, basically, I, I, I kind of developed it... Mm. It is, I do call it time for tears as part of my, um, my morning practice. I start with chanting and then I move to my meditation cushion and I sit. Um, and during the sitting, silent sitting, I carve out um, the permission. I give myself permission to let the emotions come and flow and move through me. Um, and I, I think I started it um, if I remember correctly, after my dad passed away, um, he, we, we adored each other and he was my mentor and, um, an incredible man. Um, and I, and I didn't really, I've lost grandparents and friends, but not a parent. And I didn't know how to process the the grief that I was feeling it kept coming up for me in waves and waves and waves and not a whole lot of relief from the waves you know the waves just it was like a tsunami a lot of the time um and I found myself resisting and kind of trying to get over it if you will um and then I realized that 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 that's just not being kind to myself and it's not going to work so I surrendered and decided that I would literally carve out X amount of time each morning for whatever to come up to come up time for tears. And I've continued to con to invite that into my morning practice. 
And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, and it doesn't matter. It's not, you know, there's a way of, you know, kind of when you embrace that and allow it to be, uh, I think I've been able to kind of sever the the mindset around trying to understand it or needing to understand it and just be in this place of allowing. And it's interesting that we're talking about this. Last night, I went to a transformational breathing workshop and it was two hours of breathing and allowing emotion to come up. And Jerry, remember when you did the, um, I think it was the level two training with Amy Weintraub and there was this wild sense of just people getting into their feelings and emotions and the room was filled with all kinds of moaning and groaning and noises and 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 grunting and that that's what this was like it was it was quite incredible there were 20 people in the room and um there were moments where it, you know we were together in this sea of feeling and that permission to to be there and to do that um very very cathartic yeah, I mean, I can imagine. I, I, I feel like sometimes life and, and the world that we live in doesn't give us time and space to let our emotions come up. Like like crying like that is can be really inconvenient, you know, in a business meeting or in a, a relationship. We don't want to stir the pot. We don't want to let stuff out. We This, that, and the other. So to be able to own that for yourself, carve out that time and space. And then like you're saying with this workshop to do that in, and what you do to do that in community is so healing and so cathartic. And, um, I'm, I'm curious because you both live and, and, and breathe this type of work. What other practices, tools, strategies, are, do you have which practices are really meaningful for you to be able to show up as this full inspired wonderful woman mm, wow um i will say um daily practice is important and i um, am part of a 12-step program so i do go to aa meetings every day um, 7 a.m. every day. And that is, I feel everybody, you know, would benefit from a 12-step program. It is definitely a recipe for a living and um, has allowed me to um, really navigate um, healing in a very profound way. Um, I have a, a prayer um, practice where um, I sit and it's like a three-part prayer practice. You know, one is the gratitude. Second is I pray for people who are suffering. And then the third are all my challenges, my resentments, my unkind thoughts, you know, and, and just ask, please, you know, universe, you know, take, take them away, take them all away. And I turn my will and my life over to the care for me. It happens to be God, whatever anyone believes. And I meditate. I meditate every morning. And that, um, in addition to, I am a very physical, I also do the insane stuff like running marathons and Barry's boot camp and hot yoga and, um, you know, and training and mind, body, spirit is really, um, is, is just, you know, uh, 
it's almost, um, it's the launching pad in terms of, you know, they say off the mat into, into the world, you know, off the daily practice into the world. Um, and which has just allowed me to, um, you know, the easy pass to pausing and to being mindful about what comes out of my mouth and to, I love the piece about looking at my part because it's very powerful when you look at your piece and it's empowering because you don't have to do a thing or say the right thing in order for me to be okay and good. I always, um, I, I operate in integrity now um, and I do the next right thing, even if I'm fearful, you know, and, and that's, and that anxiety, it comes up, but it has absolutely softened. And I always think, how am I going to feel the next day? You know, and when I know that I'm just not going to feel good, I show up, you know, even, even if it's hard. And so that's, um, that's, I am in such gratitude every day I wake up that for today, my body is working and, uh, you know, and, and so that's, that's a lot, but it's, it's, I feel like everything I then choose in my life, I'm now in flow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds to me that all of those practices, well, despite all of those practices, you're still human and you still have anxiety and you still have fear and you still have these visceral emotions and feelings. But instead of letting them run the show, you have more choice and responsibility and you take ownership and act in that really empowered way versus falling victim to these difficult emotions. Is that right? Oh, my God. We say same landscape seen through different eyes that shit sorry is going to happen to us and the only control we have is the way we choose when we have this daily practice is how we want how we choose to to not react but respond so i'm either going in the direction of insanity or in the direction of peace and calm and that is my choice. And that, you know, is um, it really, truly, like you said, it's such a cliche about something else, but it really is um, the ability to choose how you want to show up in each moment. And to show up with grace is just so much easier. You just took a breath. I saw that. It's just so much easier. Um, so, so grit and grace, grit and grace. So grit and grace. Yeah. Cool. And Penny, what are you, what, what are your thoughts on this? I like what you said, Lily, about <clears throat> being human and with the, with all of the tools that we have, that we use, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes, uh, sometimes I choose not to open the toolbox which doesn't serve me at all. Um, and I uh, uh, maybe that what I need in that moment is to um, wallow in whatever feeling I'm feeling and not, um, sometimes, it's, sometimes it's tricky because those tools, I find I use them every now and again to 
sort of spiritually bypass what it is that I'm feeling. Um, I know how to use them. I know that they work. Um, and I know that almost always they will be available to me. And every now and again, I just need to experience the rawness of the emotion and sit with it and be with it for, you know, for a little bit longer than I might be comfortable with. Um, and, um, this partnership, uh, that Jerry and I share with Kula and with Be Still, the, you know, each of the missions, the mission of Kula, the mission of Be Still is bigger than the two of us. Um, and there have been incidences, moments in time where things got really challenging. Um, and the, uh, the baby, if you will, whether it's the Be Still baby or the Kula baby, um, takes precedence over what personal stuff I might be going through or what Jerry might be going through. And we find a way to um, not only use the tools that we have to manage our own feelings, but to manage the relationship, to be authentic, to be honest, to be open to, Jerry always says, you know, how are you? How are you doing? And then how are you really doing? Um, you know, so there's a, there's an opportunity for self-reflection, even in the context of, you know, a business meeting or pre-business meeting, if you will, which, which really creates a safe container. And from that safe container, all things are possible. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds that you, 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 you show up, you bring your whole selves, but you're not, you're not stuck in just me, 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 your, your own stuff, you can really step back and see the bigger picture that what you're doing is so much bigger than you and, and have that perspective. And I imagine that that's also a good approach to like any mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. um, you know, Penny brought up the fact, um, you know, we are women entrepreneurs, I mean, right here, right? The three of us, we are, um, you know, women-owned businesses. And, um, you know, as, uh, you know, we talked about, be, be, talk, we talked about Kula. And in the pandemic, Penny and I, uh, when we put together a succession plan for Kula, part of it was starting a for-profit, which is Be Still. And, and Be Still is about offering mindfulness, which are these 15-minute meditation breaks and well-being webinars um, to, in the corporate world. And what we decided was to create this model where um, a percentage of um, the, the uh, clients that we work with, a percentage of each cor corporate contract, will go to Kula for Karma. Like, you know, Tom's, which inspired us, or Bomba Socks. So we really looked at it as a, you know, corporate social impact partner in Kula when starting Be Still. And, um, you know, I, I could just say that, you know, and I, I talk about this a lot to young people that are looking to be entrepreneurs or women in general, Find yourself a partner. There is nothing like the first, like the right partner to really, really complement each, each other's skill set, but also 
you know, giving each other permission to, to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's what Penny and I have done over 16, 17 years. And, um, and it's, it, again, you know, having the opportunity to now do the same with Be Still is, is extraordinary, you know, also in gratitude to get to a certain age, certain decade, to still be able to work and stay relevant and to be productive. And, you know, we talk about Penny and I a lot now in terms of being long life learners and stay curious and to surround ourselves with young people, you know, is, is such a gift. You know, as a young person, you're just grinding. Or I could say, I speak for myself. I'm sure Penny speaks this. We were grinding. What's next? What's next? Next, next, next. You know, now then you get to a certain place, a certain platform where like you're just looking out and you're just so, um, you finally get process. You finally get being present. It takes a lifetime. <laughs> and we always say, I hope it doesn't take a lifetime for a lot of young people that we we speak and interact with. Um, but uh, the, the you know, to, to be here and to continue to do what we do is is just like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, you, you both, from what I can tell, have been through so much life experience, personal work together as individuals and, 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 and you have all that beneath you, behind you, supporting you. And, and, and it makes it really, um, nice to, to work with, with both of you, um, in, in this intimate way. Um, and for our listeners, if you want to bring, um, mindfulness into the workplace absolutely get in contact with with penny and jerry at be still I mean, i'm a teacher for them <laughs> we can work together um but anyways i will include more about them and how to contact them in the show notes below i'll also include information on cooler for karma their their non-for-profit um and definitely check out their work and, and get in contact with them. And I like to end these interviews with some like rapid fire random questions. So we'll just do a couple. I'm going to go Penny, Jerry, Penny, Jerry. And I'm kind of thinking of them on the spot, but I've got a couple in mind. So uh, Penny, you ready? I'm listening. <laughs> rapid fire. What do you do for fun? Dance. Cool. Okay, me too. Uh, Jerry, this is like a two-part question. Do you, are you a coffee, matcha, tea, smoothie girl? What do you like to drink in the morning? Triple quad espresso. Wow. Okay. If you could have that quad espresso <laughs> with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? My mother. Awesome. And Penny... What gives you energy? And I'm talking real energy, not caffeine energy. <laughs> I only drink decaf. Um, what gives me energy? Purpose. Purpose and um, and nature and 
uh, just living life large. Cool. And then Jerry, this is more of a uh, an ask. Could you right now think of an intention to set the tone for the rest of our day? Intention is to um, be able to spread your humanness, to spread your love, to to really have a human connection with all those that that you touch on your journey for today. Goosebumps. Thank you. And we're going to end the episode the way we always do with a deep breath in and a full breath out. And have a lovely day. Thank you both for coming on. Thank you, Lily. Thank you for having us, Lil. You're welcome. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.